Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill. With me, as always, is Rusty Mansell. Rusty, you got a, a couple of high school spring games under your belt. How's it going on this Friday morning? Man, very cool experience last night. And, you know, it's just something new that we tried and um, just a ton of response. The two high school games last night, two jamborees. Basically, the starters played a half at North Gwinnett. North Gwinnett, Northside. Uh, Warner Robins came up. Archer uh, played Marietta. Man, just a crazy crazy amount of uh college coaches there uh, I, I have no idea but there was at least 30 that i that i you could see on the sidelines from uh georgia was not there but they have already used both of their visits uh to those schools so uh there were other places last night but Cade mcdonald obviously a kid that i'm ex- sky high on defensive tackle at uh north Gwinnett. georgia's recruiting him ricardo jones is a top 100 player in the country uh, in the 2024 class uh, we interviewed the number one player in the state last night, five-star. Caleb Downs interviewed him live last night. It was really cool. And, um, you know, his comments about Georgia was that, you know, Kirby and, you know, Will Muschamp, man, they're, they're DB guys. If I go to Georgia, you know, uh, I'm going to have at least three DB guys on that staff with Fran Brown, Will Muschamp, and Kirby Smart. So, important uh, month for the number one player in the state of Georgia, Caleb Downs. This guy is a – He's a no-brainer, man. He is a no-brainer. Uh, I think that wherever he ends up, uh, that he's going, he's going, to, he's going to be an impact player pretty quick. Plenty to talk about today. A lot of Georgia stuff we can jump into, and we will. But I feel like we'd be remiss not to start with what's been the talk of college football this week: uh, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban going back and forth. Uh, Nick Saban, if you missed it, was spoke. Wednesday night, talking about NIL, pointed directly to Texas A&M. Obviously, they signed the number one class. Uh, that uh, that didn't sit well with uh, Jimbo Fisher, and uh, he called a press conference Thursday morning and and defended Texas A&M, and uh, and yeah, it was quite the scene. It definitely added a little bit of excitement to mid-May. Usually, there's not a whole lot of college football to talk about, but uh, brother, there's been a lot of uh, radio hits and podcasts and all kinds of reactions since then. Uh, Rusty, just what sort of your takeaway from what's happened over the last couple of days as these two coaches have uh, kind of uh, sparred back and forth? I think I read every available Texas A&M message board yesterday and every available Alabama board, uh, Bama online, you know, for us and uh, on 24-7 sports. But, you know, it, I got a ton of questions yesterday about it. And for me, I don't, you know, here's the problem, Jordan. You know, Coach Saban makes these allegations or makes these comments. He makes these comments about the, I don't know what's legal and what's not legal. You know, I don't know if these collectives are legal. I don't know. If these 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 deals are legal, I, I'm I'm in this world every single day, and I do not know what's legal and what's not legal. Um, and I knew when that thing broke Wednesday night about about Nick Saban saying that comment, I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a wild Thursday. And I I was thinking, how long would it be before Jimbo says something? And you can see the passion in him yesterday. I mean, he was pissed. 
And, uh, you know, I bet you one thing, that phone call from Greg Sankey was not very pleasant. I don't care if you're Nick Saban. I don't care if you're the quote-unquote commissioner of football. Greg Sankey got into some folks yesterday, and I'm pretty sure that'll end that public forum discussion between those two for a long, long time. No, I think you nailed it. I mean, and the thing, too, you saw how mad Jimbo was. And you got to think, too, this is the second time, basically, he's had a press conference, you know, saying we didn't buy these players. You know, this is. And so, I mean, you could kind of understand why he was so frustrated and felt the need to kind of get out there and give his side. And I think you hit it, Rusty. I mean, because that's a big part of it, too, with NIL now. There's so much that's not defined. There's so much that we really don't know what is you know considered by the book okay and what isn't and i think that's probably some of the frustration for these coaches is just that there's not these defined rules that everybody has to go by i mean it's like the wild wild west you're just kind of going out there and and obviously you know texas a&m has recruited well under jimbo but a number one class is obviously several steps ahead of what they've been able to do uh, so it's just a, a very interesting time and, and as far as NIL goes. And uh, it's just going to be something we're going to have to keep an eye on as far as if we get, you know, sort of more rules or, or more guidelines for how they operate in it. Uh, but I'm sure that these aren't the only coaches that have been frustrated with each other over NIL, and I'm sure mm-hmm. there's going to be more of it as we go forward. Uh, real, real one quick comment. Uh got a uh... – Guy jumping in, John Miles saying here in some double echo. And John, we've checked on our end. Um, so we got a comment there, yeah, from from a producer, George. So uh just double check. We do see that double and uh one question real quick says Jordan Harris, when is Downs announcing? So uh Caleb Downs says he wants to announce before his season starts. Uh, but right now he has no planned date. He's gonna take these visits in June. I'm thinking sometime uh, at some point in August. So Want to let you know we saw that comment, John. So far on our end, everything's good. Hope, hope things get fixed up once you'll be able to hear it. For sure, for sure. Well, let's jump into some of the news that's come out the last few days that really is Georgia specific. And I want to start with Marcus Washington. You know, a four star cornerback decides that uh, he's going to reclassify, so he's going to be joining Georgia this summer. How big is this, Rusty, for Georgia to get a guy with the kind of talent Marcus Washington has and to be able to add him a year earlier than they expected? This is one of those that obviously people that are members on Dogs 247 never hinted at, never said a word. Uh, I've known this for about four weeks now. And this is the situation to where this is this young man's decision to skip his senior season. Uh, he took his OV last weekend. I think about two weeks ago, everything was cleared. He had to, I think he had to finish another class. So his dad, former Georgia player, Marcus Washington Sr., who, who was in, I think, the 2005 class at Georgia, um, they got him approved. Everything was good. His dad sent me a DM, said, hey, we're going to release it tonight. I called Marcus, got a few quotes. But this is a young man um, that that is just, uh, you know, I, I think the future for him, I mean, I, own a, I co-own a company, MVP Camps, and in 2021, we tested over 1,100 kids uh, through five camps, I believe, and we laser tested 1,100 kids. And Marcus Washington was the third fastest one of any of them. I mean, this guy ran four, four, five at six foot one, 172 pounds. I think he's a cornerback. I think he's going to play corner in Athens, uh, could potentially grow into maybe a nickel or something. But, you know, he's got the right mind frame. He's like, man, you know, I'm eligible to go. I might as well go ahead and go get in a college weight program. Uh, he was going to be in Athens in December anyway. Uh, 
when, once the senior season was over. And I just think it was a great decision for both both parties because everybody was aligned on what the goal was here. And uh, he'll be in Athens in about 10 days, man, which is crazy. He's finishing up his, you know, basically is now his senior year. And uh, I just think this guy, not enough publicity about what that decision is. I think this guy can help Jordan. I think this guy can play some next year. I really do. Uh, he is long. He's athletic. And uh, I just think it was a really, really big deal to add him. That 2022 DB class, when we go back and look at it, and two, three years from now, whoa, it could be something really, really special. Yeah, I mean, you think just specifically at those corners uh, with uh, Dalen Everett and uh, Jaheim Singletary, Julian Humphrey, and then adding him as well. And, and you can hit on this too, and I think you kind of did just then, Rusty. But, you know, we talk about the early enrollees, just how big that is to kind of get a jump start. I mean, I, I'd say it's just that much more so to get a year in early, to be able, like you said, to get into the condition and just – to learn what it takes to play in the SEC. I mean, you yes. think about the challenge those, especially those guys in the secondary face week after week, uh, you know, it, it's just huge. I'd have to say to get a guy that can come a year early, uh, time will tell how much he's able to play. But, uh, you know, this was already a very talented 2022 class for Georgia. And then just adding another guy like that, again, we'll see where he factors in. Uh, but I, I'd say that's just huge for Georgia to get a guy that can come in early and, and learn the ropes because eventually I'm sure he's going to be called on in a big way. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and people to be able to practice at an, at a Kirby smart pace. Um, he didn't give me permission to say it, so I won't, but I had a parent of a very, very, very high level prospect. Um, and that that's very highly recruited tell me they've been all over the place and Georgia practice is different. Like it is, it is very, very fast paced. You're not standing around. It's intense. And, uh, you know, for Marcus Washington, he's going to come in and uh, get a year of that, get a summer of that and get a fall of that. And he'll be that much further along. But I do think at some point next year, I would not be surprised if Marcus Washington is not helping Georgia in some way, shape, fashion, form, you know, special team for sure because of the speed. And then this young man, you know, can he get in? Can he learn it? Can he play? And, uh, you know, I've learned those corners and wide receivers, once they kind of get um, a little bit of knowledge of the game, the, the, the natural athleticism takes over, and it's just covering a guy, running routes and tackling. You know, O-line, D-line, quarterback, closer you get to that center, it's a little more difficult to play earlier. Uh, but those guys out on the edge, once that switch flips pretty much for those guys, it's that natural athletic ability takes over, gets those guys on the field earlier. Yeah, I mean, on the point, too, with practicing, you know, we heard, you know, how how Georgia practices and, and you know, going back to, to Georgia's pro day, talking to those guys that were getting ready for the NFL, I mean, you know, I think they understood that it was a situation that they felt prepared them for the next level. And I think, you know, you look at just the draft as it stood. I mean, 15 guys drafted, a lot of people realize that, you know, Georgia's guys work on a daily basis in a way that, you know, they want to bring those to NFL franchises. So to me, that doesn't surprise me specifically the fact that, you know, people see that Georgia works differently. I mean, from what little we get to see at practice, I mean, they're, they're going nonstop. There's not a whole lot of standing around. It's, it's, you know, I think about seeing Nolan Smith at one point during the spring practice this year, and uh, he had a scrape or something, had a little bit of blood on his elbow, and a trainer was walking over. He waved her off. He's like, I got to go. I got to go. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's just sort of how it goes in that. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. If you if you've got a chance, it's been a long time since anybody's seen a, a really really real practice. But um, you know, I, I know the the pace and everything I hear from what you know what what they demand. And I think what was it the uh, was it the Ravens or the Steelers GM that made the comment about you know hey watching those guys practice, watching what they do. I, I mean, the guy made a comment like I might draft the whole team. You know, and that that says a lot about what's going on there right now. For sure. And you think, too, with those later picks, you know, that fifth, sixth, seventh round, those guys are basically crapshoots. I think I'd take a chance on a Georgia guy. You know, if you've got one of those later picks, hey, man, take a chance on one of these guys. And and we've seen how those guys out of the program work. You know, I would say you've got as good a chance as any on the hit rate with a guy like that because you know how they work. Yeah. Hell yeah, they 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 they've been through it now. Uh, they they've been they've been let's just say coached hard. I think that's a very accurate description. Uh, we'll talk a few more minutes before we go into a break. And Rusty, I'll just throw it to you. Just recruiting, what what has sort of stood out as far as this point in the year? Um, where Georgia's at? I know we saw last week coaches um, traveling, you know, going all over the country looking at guys. Um, what sort of stands out from what you've heard or what you've seen the last few days? Well, you know, kind of update every day on Dolls 247, as many as we could confirm, coaches out on the road. And, um, you know, Wednesday night, I, to me, Wednesday night kind of was a little bit of an eye-opener because, you know, Lawson Lucky's a kid whose dad played at Georgia, his mom went to Georgia. This kid's a, you know, he's a Georgia legacy. His, both his uncles played at Georgia. Both his uncles, his dad played with Kirby Smart. And, uh, you know, I'm standing there and Todd Hartley standing there and Alabama standing there and Notre Dame standing there. Ole Miss is standing there. Um, there's the schools are not giving up on him specifically Alabama. Now I did make the comment on, on the junkyard that I felt like then the day I'd be very surprised if he did end up in this class, but their schools really recruiting him. Joe Cox, former Georgia quarterback, who's now the Alabama tight end coach. He was standing right there. So, you know, it tells you that they, those schools think they have a chance. So that, that kind of was, a little bit of a news to me, but, um, you know, seeing Vic Burley, you know, Stefalin Green, here's an interesting interesting one, is it is at Rome High School where I live uh, in, in Rome, in the Rome area, Northwest Georgia. You know, Stefalin is a four-star prospect, and, you know, they have a, a kind of a different philosophy. You, you don't camp. You're not, you don't go to camps if you play for Rome High. Coach believes that you got your game tape, and that's what they want to offer you. They can come watch you in practice. So, Stephalin Green is a kid that he was one of the most impressive kids I've seen so far this spring. I mean, this was highly energetic. I mean, this guy can freaking play. He's a 2023 defensive lineman. Georgia offered him first last year about this time. Uh, Trey Scott was at his school two weeks ago. Will Muschamp was at his game uh, Tuesday night. And this is a kid that's, you know, he's got official set to Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama in June. And, you know, right now he doesn't have an official set to Georgia. Georgia's definitely in this thing for him. But Stephalin Green, because he, you know, he doesn't do the camp circuit, didn't do the Under Armour camps. And, you know, if I didn't live here, it, you know, it's kind of hard out of the way to come see. And, man, he was impressive. I mean, he he was as good as anybody I've seen so far this spring on the road. So uh, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me that Will Muschamp was here seeing him and recruiting him hard. Uh, Vic Burley's a guy that everybody's familiar with. If I was recruiting down in Warner Robins, saw him practice last week. And this guy's 6'5, 290 pounds. I mean, 285 pounds. I mean, he's he's a no brainer. So, 
you know, I think Vic Burley, Stephon Green. Um, I saw Sammy Brown, um, the guy that's going to be in Athens tomorrow again, one of the top 2024 20, players in the country. Uh, or, you know, some guys I've seen on the road. And, you know, here we are, Jordan. We're sitting here May the 20th, and this is usually that kind of wind down time, but oh no, not for Georgia. They're doing official visits this weekend. They're doing their scavenger hunt, which is a big deal tomorrow. They have all these, you know, underclassmen come in, and it's about 10 or 12 guys they do that with. This is real, not a huge day, like numbers-wise, but it's really a lot of guys with offers, and, you know, I've updated down the junkyard. So, Sidier Mitchell, kid out of New Jersey, be here on official visit. Um, Jaden Wayne already tweeted he's in Athens, a five-star from Seattle, defensive end, linebacker, tight player, so – you know, May, May 20th, 21st, 22nd, it's already shaping up to be a, you know, there are going to be a lot of really, really high targets, high value targets, I would say, uh, tomorrow in Athens. Never a, a dull moment in Athens. They're they're keeping uh, it busy, and uh, I'd say that's not a surprise. Uh, before we go to a break, hey, shout out Jeremy Gann. Got up at 7 a.m. in Oregon watching this. How about that? So, uh, so yeah, I got an early riser. Come watch us uh, talk a little bit about Georgia. Uh, well, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back. I'll talk a little bit about some of the rule changes that are coming and how it uh, may affect Georgia and, uh, and jump in and talk about a little bit of uh, some other stuff as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Well, yeah, there were a couple of rule changes that were made this week as far as the NCAA goes uh, that I kind of want to talk about and also really talk about the perspective uh, from Georgia. Uh, one of the big ones was the NCAA announcing on Wednesday that it was waiving the 25-man signing limit, and that was something, a rule that I think it went into effect. It's probably been roughly 10 years or so. Uh, you know, we saw 2009, 2010, Houston Nutt, Nick Saban, some of those uh, coaches famously oversigned knowing that there wouldn't be room and you either expected some of the kids that they signed uh, to go JUCO or to not qualify. Then you tried to to you know get guys to walk on their first year. Uh, situation now where they're taking that limit off. Uh, I know there have been talk about that. Uh, and I think it makes a lot of sense, especially in this world that we're in now with the transfer guys leaving i think that leaves an opportunity uh, for coaches to restock essentially for coaches to be able to bring in uh, to fill holes for there not to be situations uh where you're looking and really really needing uh, more bodies you know to to put it frankly 
as far as the depth chart. Now, that is only going to happen, at least for now, for the next two years. So we'll see if it goes past that. Um, but, Rusty, what what's sort of your thought on that change, getting rid, rid of that really, that 25-man cap when it comes to a class and, and what it can mean going forward? Much needed, and I hope it helps the high school kids. I mean, I get calls every day. Uh, I did four conference calls this week with the head coaches are on TV this week and just talked about how many kids are falling through the cracks because of numbers, schools getting pinched, uh, transfer portal. I hope these additional bodies that they're able to do, I hope they get to use those, you know, in December. I hope every school signs four or five more high school kids. Um, you know, I saw an FCS school. Monday night at Rome High School, I was there, and, and and he told me that, you know, they're going to use that on transfer portals, you know, and it's just the way it is, and I hate it. It's helping, you know, I hate that 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 um, what it's doing to high school recruiting, not just the kids that are going to Georgia and Alabama, it's the others, the trickle-down effect uh, for these schools not signing as many high school kids. So uh, I think it's a great rule. I hope they keep it for, for, for longer than two, but if we can take two, two's a start. Yeah, I think a couple of years ago, Rusty, I talked to you for a magazine story, and we talked about the trickle down because of the the portal and guys being able uh, to transfer. That it was going to hurt high school recruits because there yes. were just going to simply be fewer spots. So hopefully, teams take advantage of that and continue to give guys opportunities. Because I can't even imagine what your DMs are like, Rusty. But I get guys. I'm not even on the recruiting side of things, and I'll get guys saying, "How do I get offers? How do I get stars and stuff like that?" And, you know, with that limit and knowing that you had to count transfers and, and that sort of thing, it, it was fewer and fewer options for these guys. So hopefully, like you said, uh, that leads to more opportunities because you want to see these guys get a chance, whether it's Division One, FBS, FCS, Division Two, wherever, uh, for more of these guys to get the chance to go to college and go play. And hopefully that's uh, what the outcome is from making this rule change. I do too. I agree. A thousand percent. Another rule change that I think is going to be really interesting, and I'm actually going to try to write about this later today, uh, the NCAA has gotten rid of the requirement that there had to be divisions for there to be a conference championship game. Uh, and that's going to be a situation we're going to see what happens as far as the SEC goes. Uh, Greg Sankey spoke a little bit after that rule was changed. He was at the SBJ Awards and was asked about it. He basically said there's not going to be any imminent change as far as divisions go. Uh, but on the other hand, the Pac-12, pretty much as soon as that decision was made, they got rid of divisions and said it's going to be the top two teams in the conference that plays uh, for the championship. Schedule is going to stay the same for the Pac-12 this season, but they're not going to have that requirement of a team from the north and a team from the south. You know, it's really interesting for me not looking at it specifically uh, from Georgia's perspective. I think it's a good thing because this would guarantee that the two best teams in the conference uh, would play each other in the championship game, whichever conference this was. You know, we've had situations where I think about the ACC that year that Georgia Tech and Wake played. Uh, you know, it was a situation where the Coastal had to have a team in the championship game. Uh, and, you know, there was a run there, I think really probably the early uh, 2010s, where the SEC West was just so good. And yeah. basically, whoever came out of the East, whether it was Missouri or, or you know, Georgia, had that happen a couple times. You know, you were basically playing for second place because of how good the West was. And, you know, on one hand, had it been had the East been like it was back then, 
you know, you could have said it hurts Georgia that they're making this rule change. But right now, Georgia is right there with Alabama as the premier team. So really, I think you would say this probably hurts teams more like a Florida or a Kentucky. Someone who, if Georgia had a down year, could take advantage of it and, and you know, play their way into Atlanta. Uh, but I think it's a good situation just for the conference as a whole. We should get, you know, very competitive conference championship games whenever this rule uh, is changed because I think eventually the SEC is going to get rid of uh, that situation as far as you have to be a team from the East and you have to be a team from the West to play in Atlanta. Uh, but it's going to be something to watch, you know, I well, think. Yeah, go ahead, Russ. Well, obviously, this SEC, I, I mean, I guess everybody that kind of assumes they're one of these pods um, when, when Texas, Oklahoma comes. So, you know, how's all that going to play out and how does that work for, for an SEC championship type thing? So, uh, Pac-12 wasted like one millisecond. That thing was announced, and they were like, "Hey, we're done with divisions. We're out." So, uh, you know, that's that's what you want. You want to try to get the best teams in those games, especially for the Big Ten and uh, you know, out west, trying to get these teams uh, for these divisions. So, I don't think the SEC is going to have too big of a problem, especially when they get these these other two teams. Texas, Oklahoma joins, and you bring those variables into this thing. It's going to be it's going to be something to see. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I'm excited. You know, I think people, some people are kind of wary about the different changes. And uh, I saw some people talking about history. And it is nice seeing those conference title games the way they were set up. But, I mean, it, you know, it just came in in 92. I mean, in the grand scheme of this sport, you know, the way it was set up, it hasn't always been that way. Um, so, and also, you know, with the fact that so much of this is unpredictable, Hey man, it gives us more to talk about. No and, doubt. Yeah, you know we got to stay busy. Ain't nothing else going on, is there, Russ? Well, not unless Jimbo has another press conference today. <laughs> yeah, I need to check Twitter. I need to check Twitter. Sure, he will not unless he wants to get in his checkbook. Yeah, yeah. And hey, uh, someone else mentioned this too, but God bless that SID because I can't imagine the call he got from Jimbo trying to get that thing set up. Ooh, well, I mean, it was it, it was popping. You know, I bet Jimbo just said, "Hey, make it work. I'm gonna be there. At whatever it was, ten o'clock. We're doing it." So. Uh, I, I think I'd rather been the SID at Texas A&M yesterday than the one in Alabama. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you nailed that because I'm sure that it's been nonstop down there over there in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Um, see a few questions uh, in the chat, Rusty. I don't want to put you on the spot, but if there's any that you want to hit on, and then uh, I, I can throw in a little bit more before we wrap this thing up. Uh, says uh, any secret visitors? And I don't think it's this is not this is not secret visit time yet. Um, I think you might see some of that in June. Some of those guys slip in there. Um, you know they really don't want. But there's been there's been some visits. I don't necessarily think they were secret, but they never really got out. Um, but there's there's at least one prospect I know that has visited. It's a major target this visited Georgia two or three other times. It's never been reported anywhere. And his dad basically told me, um, you know, they just didn't want to put it on the radar right now. But uh, there's some of those types of visits. But as far as tomorrow and scavenger hunt weekend, I don't think it's going to be any of those, like, secret visit types. Um, Jordan also asked, do you see any underclassmen to watch in the future yesterday? Yeah. I mean, my eye kind of goes toward the future when I see stuff like that. I really want to see Ricardo Jones because I think he's a, you know, this guy – is a top 100 player, you know, Mike Matthews, a kid out of Parkview. I saw him play Wednesday night. And there's a, those are the two guys that are genuinely considered um, the top, you know, two safeties in Georgia for 2024 is interesting. I'm standing there with Caleb Downs and we're, we're in a commercial break 
and he asked me who I'm watching. And I said, I'm watching this, this sophomore safety rider, rising junior. He goes, is that the Jones kid? I said, this is Ricardo Jones. So, you know, it's interesting to be standing there with a guy that's considered the number one safety in Georgia. And he's getting a chance to watch the other one. And, and it was funny because as soon as Caleb Downs went off air, he went and sat in the bleachers and he was watching you know, Ricardo Jones play. So uh, that was really cool. But uh, Northside has a 6'6 offensive tackle. And I have to go through my notes. He is a 2025 prospect. Uh, Coach Alley Good spoke high on him. So for me, we start talking about a 6'6 sophomore tackle. That gets my attention, uh, and I'll go back tonight and look at the, the notes and and uh, watch a little bit of the tape and see who he is. So those types of games, people always, always pop up. Well, before we wrap up this episode, i got to do my weekly Georgia Men's Basketball Minute. Not a lot really going on in the last week as far as Georgia Men's Basketball, but they did have a, what I think is a significant announcement. Jackson Etter, who was a walk-on, who played a ton last year. He had entered the portal. He decided he's staying. He's not going to transfer. You know, I thought it was a situation when he entered the portal. It's probably going to be a situation where this guy who grew up a Georgia fan was a huge Georgia fan. And we even talked to Jackson after Mike White was hired. He was one of the two players that came in and sat down. He had a lot of positive things to say. I'm sure it was probably a situation where Jackson went in the portal, looked at you know, seeing if he had potential scholarship opportunities elsewhere, decided Georgia was the best fit for him. You know, I think with the way they've remade this roster, he's not going to play as big of a role as he did last year. I mean, he was called on. He started, I think, at least 20-something games and played really well, was a really good defender, drew a lot of uh, charges along the way. I mean, he had a streak there where like five or six games in a row he drew a charge. Uh, So, you know, I think it's a good situation from Georgia in that, that's another guy that gives you depth. I think he's a guy that if you get in situations, he can give you minutes. Again, if I were to draw out the starting lineup right now, I don't think he's in that top five. Um, but you got more experience. You know, this whole situation this offseason has been about rebuilding this roster, finding guys that can play and, and can play in the SEC, which, you know, quite frankly, wasn't the situation this team was in last year. They had so many guys that, you know, as hard as those guys worked, and obviously they kept playing hard down the stretch, a lot of those guys weren't SEC caliber basketball players. Uh, I think Jackson Etter is is a great uh, addition in the fact that he's not leaving. He he gives you depth and he gives you a, an option if you need him. Uh, so you know now there's still two scholarship opportunities, two scholarships that are still open for Georgia. They may decide to give Jackson Etter one of those. I'm not sure yet, um, but I think they're sitting pretty right now with two scholarships still open. I had been told a couple weeks ago they were still looking at a few more options out there, and uh, we'll have to just see what happens as they try to get this schedule and uh, get the roster in a good position going into Mike White's first year. You're the basketball guy. <laughs> <laughs> just trying. I wish I could bring more, but I, I'm I'm listening and learning too. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's been fun. A new era. There's been a lot of news and a lot of changes. It's going to just be something, honestly, fun to okay. follow just to okay. see what they're able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, on that note, we're going to wrap this thing up. Appreciate everybody watching uh, all over the country. Appreciate, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, make sure and subscribe. Make sure and comment and, and share the podcast. And, and uh, just keep an eye out. we got all kinds of content coming on the website. We'll be here, I'm sure, no doubt, next week. Uh, talking about more news, talking about what's going on as 
we get closer and closer to spring meetings. Uh, Rusty, you don't think there's going to be anything to talk about once uh, they meet down there in Dustin? I would love. I mean, how many people would love just to sit in that room and see where the see where the seating is? See where they sit around that 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 rectangle table. Where is the seating? So, uh, I, I would want to be sitting beside Lane Kiffin. I bet Lane Kiffin is 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 the guy to sit beside. And uh, so, looking forward to that content. And you know, it's go time. Um, you know, it's been kind of a uh, you know, people ask about commitments and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know of any commitments right now that are coming up, but I do know it's go time because. When June 1st hits, it really starts this weekend with official visits. So June has replaced December. I mean, it's going to be every single weekend. Um, I'm actually on vacation the second week of June and told my wife, look, I got to be home Thursday. You know, I got to be ready for those weekends. When those weekends come up um, that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, trying to keep up what's going on, who's visiting, those types of things. So just about go time and, and recruiting. No doubt about it. We'll be all over it, no doubt. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up right there. For Rusty Mansell, I'm Jordan Hill. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. And until next time, take care.